Aren't you glad you can be there tonight? So you imagine you go from the outer court. You go inside. Here's a veil. Table of shoe bread. You step on the inside a little farther. There is a veil that is a handbreadth thick. About this thick of material. It was so heavy it took 300 priests to lift it up and to attach it. 300 priests. Whenever they tore the tabernacle down and moved to Solomon's temple, that same veil was moved from there over to Solomon's temple. Of course, it was destroyed. The one in Herod's temple was rebuilt the same way. Four inches thick. At the very moment the Lord Jesus is hanging on the cross, whenever he dies, life goes out of his body. A four-inch thick woven material was torn from the top to the bottom. The way was made for us. Why? So we could be a sanctuary. Amen. Aren't you grateful? Praise be to God. St. John 17, verse 16. God bless you. Good to see you all again. Happy to be back home. Amen. Heard you all had some good services while we was gone. and <clears throat> It's always good. Does the pastor's heart good to know the sheep are fed? Amen. Amen. St. John 17, 16. Brother Randy, glad to have you and Sister Sharon with us tonight service. Actually, the veil now is what's doing the talking. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. As thou hast sent me into the world, even so, even so have I also sent them into the world. I want you to notice now who's sending them. It's not these guys going on their own. Hey, I want to go. Let me go. Jesus, please, please, please. No. But he sent them. And if he sends you, he prepares you. Gives you what you need. I've sent them into the world. And for their sakes, I sanctify myself that they also might be sanctified through the truth. Let's bow our heads together. <clears throat> Lord Jesus, how we love you tonight. We thank you so much for your precious word. We're grateful, Lord, because what we've read here tonight is the words from the founder of this church himself. We believe, Lord, that you knew exactly how to build a church. You knew what components to use. You knew what to put in the church that would make it work. You knew, Father, how to gift the people in the assemblies and the ministry and the music and every aspect of the church in order to make it work to the glory of God. We believe you're that same Lord Jesus that stood there 2,000 years ago praying this prayer. You're the same one that's in our building right here tonight. Not only in our building, but in our house. And our own bodies still carrying out that very same church 
that you started 2,000 years ago. We just want to let you know tonight, we are so grateful to be a part of the church of the living God. As we endeavor to look into your word tonight, I pray, Father, that you would help us speak to us. May our hearts be open, fertile ground by which the seed word can drop down in and reproduce yourself. Granted, Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, we ask it. Amen. God bless you, saints. You may be seated. How many believes Jesus believed in preachers? Now, I want you to notice what he said in verse 20. Neither pray I for these alone, but for them also, which shall believe on me through their logos. I want you to notice how he says this now. He's not just praying for the apostles that are there, even though there's just now 11 that are standing with him, and they're going on the way to the Garden of Gethsemane. But he's also now going to pray for every elect member who will believe on him, the word, through the ministry of the God-called men who he says will also have logos. Now, surely the Lord Jesus didn't mean that preachers would stand up and preach logos? Now, I want you to notice now, he didn't say that, I, I pray for these alone, but for them also, which shall believe on me through my words that they will only repeat. Or just writing out my words and handing out my words. But the Lord Jesus actually gave a possessive phrase to what the apostles would speak. And he didn't say, they'll just stand up and repeat what I say and repeat what I say. Though they did, but in their own way, by their own gift. Now you see, it's something that folks don't understand, that God diversifies. God loves diversity. He loves it in the stars. He loves it in plants. He loves it in animals. He loves it in song talents, in musical abilities. And he loves it in preachers. Two men can take the exact same notes, same quotes, same scriptures, and everything else exactly. And it's totally amazing the way they go to bringing it about. Why? Because God loves diversity. And God chooses diversity in order to manifest himself in the form of gifts in his church. Now, can you believe that the Lord Jesus actually standing there praying for us? You believe you prayed for us? He knew that we would be here tonight. And he prayed for us that we also would be able to receive his word through the ministry or the teaching of those that were sent. Now, I'm not one of the original 11. As you all know, I'm old, but I ain't that old. Brother Terry's old, bless his heart, he's old, and some of his other brothers are old, but we ain't that old. But we have the same commission that those men had back there. And that is preach the word. Right. 
Now, we understand that the Lord Jesus was praying, of course, for the apostles. He's praying for those that's going to believe. But he's also bringing it right on down to the ministry of those that would carry on through the same commission. Now, we've been looking just a little bit about Dathan, Korah, and Abiram, and and all of that. So let us go back, if we can, to Numbers chapter 16, verse 3. Because in, in this message, the preachers who are called to preach and who feel like they have something to say, they are being identified as Dason and Korah. In other words, if they don't play a tape every time and they feel like they've got something to say, then they're being called Demas, they're being called Dason, they're being called Korah. Well, let's look tonight at the scripture and see if I fit that type. And if I do, then I advise you and whoever listens to this service, or if you go to another church and your pastor fits in that category, then I advise you to leave or vote him out. Numbers chapter 16, verse 3. And they gathered themselves together against Moses... And against Aaron? Now wait a minute. Whoa, 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 whoa. I, 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 thought, I thought that this main rebellion was preachers trying to get rid of the prophet. Well, no, that ain't actually what I thought because I knew better. And you know better if you know your Bible. Now, once you look at this, friend, you realize how far off the Word of God, this whole tape thing of no preachers and tape only, it's as antichrist as the Catholic Church. Well, praise the Lord. Here we go. They gather themselves together against Moses and against Aaron. Why? Why do they have a problem was Aaron if they're wanting only to be the prophet now the way the types are being projected and all this around now these Dathan and Korah and Abiram were preachers the way it's projected and the preachers was trying to get rid of the prophet and not making no room for the prophet to be able to preach in the pulpit but if you'll read your Bible you'll find out neither Dathan nor Korah, nor Abiram, none of them were preachers in the first place. They were not even priests. They were furniture movers. They were of the branch of the Kohathites. They did not preach. They never offered sacrifice. They never killed the animal. They furniture but they were Moses cousins so actually the move of Dathan, Korah and Abiram were people from the prophet's family trying to replace the prophet not preachers read your bible now if you make brother Branham say something contrary to this word you're making brother Branham a false prophet Goodness gracious. 
Now notice, so they come against Moses and against Aaron and said unto T-H-E-M. Help me with that word. I'm not a college graduate, the way some of y'all are. Does that mean one? Really? It means more than one? Okay. All right, I just want to make sure now my grammar was correct. And said unto them, ye take too much upon you. Now notice the way they approach it. Now remember, Dathan and Korah were actually brothers. Abiram was a cousin. But Dathan and Korah were brothers. They were actually, the, the thing, the skiff between them and Moses goes plumb back into the land of Egypt. Because we know that Dathan and Korah actually worked for the Egyptians. And they were the ones who kept the tally, so Josephus says. They were the ones who kept the tally of the bricks that were made each day. So it was Dathan and Korah that beat their brothers. It was actually Korah that come up to Moses when he found out Moses slew the Egyptian. It was Korah who said, will you also slay me as you slayed the Egyptian? He had a problem with Moses in Egypt. As a matter of fact, you got Korah out of Egypt, but you actually never got Egypt out of Korah. So he had an Egyptian problem for a long time. And actually, according to Josephus' writings, neither Dathan nor Korah wanted to get out, but by mistake, somebody came through and painted some blood over their door, so when the Egyptians come through, they throw them out, because they did not want to leave the world. Well, praise God. So we're not talking about Holy Ghost-filled preachers that come out of the land of Egypt and followed Moses, but we're talking about men that didn't want to leave the world in the first place, but they were thrown out by association. Amen. Now look what they do then. They come against Moses and Aaron, and now they divide this in the way that they look at it. The the move of God has now been divided into the secular part and into the spiritual part. Remember, they considered Moses that he was the one taking the kingly power, as the Bible calls him, the king in Jeshurun. So Moses was actually identified in that king-priest office. So they thought Moses was taking upon himself to be the king of Israel. And they thought that actually Aaron was the one taking upon himself to be the priest. Now notice the way they identify this. They take it totally out of the hands of God. And they put it in the hands of Moses and Aaron. You take too much on yourself. Now listen at their complaint. Oh my, seeing all the congregation are holy, every one of them, and the Lord is among them. Now these are very conniving, sneaking words. And remember, they have two agendas, one that's visible, one that's invisible. They have a common thread by which will be said in a public manner, another common thread which will be said behind closed doors. This is the thread which will be fed among the people. We are your representatives. And we are here to represent you. We're here to stand between you and these mean old clergymen, Moses and Aaron, and they're trying to rob you people of this and that and the other, and we're on your side. La, la, la. 
They wasn't on nobody's side but their own. They didn't care about them people. They ain't no telling what kind of ruler they'd have been if they'd ever got there. Well, somebody say amen. Now, they looked at Moses as being the head of the civil aspect of the government, and they had now looked at Aaron. This is why that they considered Aaron, which was the priest, a threat. It was not them coming over and said, Moses, we want your job. Aaron, get out of the way. You're just an impersonator anyhow. You're just an old carnal guy. But they actually wanted Aaron's office. Well, I'll prove it to you from the Bible. Now notice, so they look at themselves and they say, this is not fair. It's just not right. They took this on themselves and they're trying to make something out of themselves. Moses didn't want it in the first place. Aaron never asked for it in the first place. But what are they doing? Now they're looking at the leadership of God and really their fault is with who? Almighty God himself. You know, the folks who've left this message and pulled away and they call Brother Branham a liar, call Brother Branham a false prophet, this and that and the other. Really, their problem is not with us. Really, their problem is not with Brother Branham. Their problem is with God. They ought to get mad at God for healing the sick and raising the dead and performing all the miracles and signs that he did. They ought to have a problem with God. Well, come on, saints. Therefore, you lift yourselves up above the congregation, they said. Now, this has always been a problem. It has from when the, when the angels fell in paradise, when Satan raised up, went over into the north side of heaven, when he himself become exalted because of the beauty that God gave to him. Now, I hope you understand it already. If you don't, you will before you leave in the rapture. This is going to be after you're filled with the Holy Ghost, born again, child of God. This is going to be one of the greatest battles of your entire life is finding your position in Christ Jesus and staying there because Satan will bump you one way or the other because this is what caused his fall in the very beginning. And this is what caused the fall of man in the very beginning. He bumped the serpent out of his place, which bumped Eve out of her place, which bumped Adam out of his place, which bumped all of us out of our place. The battle has been ongoing for thousands and thousands of years. Now we know that God sent authority, actually comes from the presence of God, but it's always the way of man to rebel against that. God's always had ones that he would choose himself. I want you to be this, I want you to be that, I want you to be something else. And God is the one who gifts them according to his own ability. And the church said, so we'll always have some singers that are more of a blessing than others. We'll always have organ players, musicians, guitar players, song leaders, preachers, whatever it is. That'll be more of a blessing. Let's just go ahead and be real honest. Is there some people that bless you more than others and they're singing? Some preachers that you can receive from? Is that right? Well, I'm going to be honest and tell you tonight, there's some preachers I receive from more than others because, uh, you know, the way I'm made up, my oddities, my peculiarities and so on, and their gift just really seems to minister to me. And there's other brothers that are just as great a men of God and they love God with all their heart. I don't get as much out of their ministry. That don't mean they're bad. Well, come on. It don't mean I'm bad because I can't help it and they can't help it. It's the way God made us. Aren't you glad God didn't just give us all one pastor? That might not be a bad idea as long as it wasn't me. <laughs> so what did God 
God do? God diversified it. So he'd know exactly where to set them. But always when God will choose. And then God will elevate according to his own choice by position. And there will always be some that will rank higher. I can use those words. But they will rank higher than others. Some will be given more favor. They will be used more frequently. They will take the word and just, my, they just hold you spellbound. Others take the word and they do their very best and they study and they apply themselves and whenever they're done in two days time you don't hardly remember what they even said but it helped you at the time so much and yet other men preach sermons and you remember for years on down the road is that right and who done that it's not the preacher don't look at the preacher and say oh he's so great he's so great he is only a man that received a gift from God no man has any right to brag of anything that God does for him But notice whenever this happens, then God will actually, by his own choice, God will overlook some and pick others. Now, whenever God does that, it always causes a problem with human beings because those many times that are overlooked feel like they are the ones that are the most gifted, which is why they were overlooked. And the ones that God chooses is the one that said, not me. No, 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 not, not me. <laughs> no, no. You got the wrong guy. That's the wrong address, wrong phone number. I don't even answer those texts anymore, God. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm not the man. Please, God. No, no, I'm not the man. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm not the man. And God said, yes, you are. I said, God, I don't want you. That ain't fair. God, please choose somebody else. And God said, oh, no, I don't make mistakes. And then you've got others that say, God, I'll do it. If you don't want to, God, let me do it. Please, God, I'll go. I'll go. God, he don't deserve it. God, I promise I'll do a good job. God said, nope. Well, well, well. But yet this had happened now. Of course, Dason, Byron, Korah, they come from the side. Oh, my. That had been overlooked. Yeah. So we've got this side that come from Reuben and they were overlooked. And we've got the Kohathites and they were overlooked. So then they have to make this leadership natural and carnal and say, well, you all are taking too much on yourself. So they gathered themselves together against Moses and against Aaron and said unto them, you take too much upon you. All the congregation are holy. Every one of them and the Lord is among them. Notice these deceiving liars. They're not interested in all the congregation. But you see, in order to get people's attention, you got to make them think you are. If they just sat up and told the truth, now look, you bunch of knuckleheads, we ain't going to represent you. We want to be over you guys. We're going to be in charge of you, and we're taking you back to Egypt. I want my old job back. I want to I beat the far out of you. I want to whip my crack, my whip on your back. I'm taking you back. They can't say that. Nobody would follow them. It's the same with sin. When Satan offers you sin and temptation, he don't show you all the aftermath. He don't show you all the trouble. He knows how dumb humans are. So what does he do? He masquerades and hides it and knows they'll follow him right on. They'll follow him right on because he hides sin. And this is exactly what these guys are doing. They're hiding it and acting like we're on your side. We want to be your congressmen and your senators and your representatives. Notice what these men have done. They're taking everything away from you. 
All the congregation are holy. Really? These are the same people that God was about ready to destroy. Had it not been for Moses, they wouldn't even be alive. And you want to call all that bunch holy? Isn't it amazing though? This must have appealed to them. It appealed to them, Brother Jim. Now, they were not this. They were not this type of people. Yet they told them what they wanted to hear about themselves. Praise God. Now, when some are raised up, they'll be raised higher and higher. It happens in preachers, singers, you know, whatever it is. They'll be raised up, and God will raise them to where he wants them to be. Others will be left, you know, maybe here, maybe there, maybe there. As time goes on, every generation as it goes on, it's been exactly the same way, and it causes problems in every generation. If the Lord tarries a few more years and I get to where I can't preach and then somebody else takes this church and then time goes on and another generation, the same thing will happen again and again and again. It always has. Well, I wish I could say that we're so spiritual, we're above it, but I ain't supposed to lie, am I? Praise God. Now, let us look. Now, if Dason, Korah, and Abiram were not preachers, does the Bible say that there was actually a minister that followed Moses? Oh, now, Brother Donnie, that's a New Testament word. <laughs> Exodus twenty-four thirteen, and Moses rose up. Wonder why this scripture is not quoted very much. Huh. And Moses rose up and his minister, Joshua. Not Dason, not Korah, not Abiram, but Moses the prophet actually had a minister following him around. <laughs> and Moses rose up and his minister Joshua and Moses went up into the mount of God. Now this minister was very close to Moses and followed Moses around. Exodus 32, 17, and when Joshua heard the noise of the people as they shouted, he said unto Moses, there is a noise of war in the camp. Now remember, the minister, preacher, if you will, had actually went up with Moses up to the mountain when Moses received the oracles or the tablets written by God's own hand. So it was Moses' minister that was right below the Shekinah where Moses was at. So here was a preacher, if you wish to call him that, a minister that was staying so close to the prophet's teaching that him and the prophet come off the mountain together when the people were rebelling. Well, come on, let's read our Bible. This is also in there. I love doing this to the devil. Ooh. I love getting him in a corner and just mashing his head till his eyes get about that big and he's smothering to death. I love taking that word and getting him in a pinch, don't you? Dumb devil, don't he know we know how to read and we know how to push F2 to search? <laughs> 
Notice him, he said, it is not the voice of them that shout for their mastery, neither is the voice of them that cry for being overcome, but the noise of them that sing do I hear. Now Aaron had made, of course, the calf, and there was Dathan, Byram, Korah, they're down there, and guess who's with the prophet? The prophet's minister. So you mean the prophet had a minister that ministered to him? Sort of like a brother Neville, you know, that was kind of... Exodus 33, 11, And the Lord spake unto Moses face to face as a man, speaketh unto his friend. And he turned again into the camp, but his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, departed not out of the tabernacle. Here's a real preacher that follows the prophet's teachings. Oh my. Notice Numbers 27, 18. And the Lord said unto Moses, take thee Joshua, the son of Nun, a man in whom is the spirit and lay thine hand upon him and set him before Eleazar the priest and before all the congregation and give him a charge in their sight and thou shalt put some of thine honor upon him. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Here is a realm. Don't you understand what the Lord Jesus was doing there on his way in the garden of Gethsemane? He was putting some of his honor on those apostles. Let me go on with it. He put some of his honor on Paul. Some of his honor on Arrhenius. Some of his honor on Luther. Let me bring it on down. He put some of his honor on William, Mary, and Branham. And let me stop, not stop there. He's doing the same thing today in the form of teacher and evangelist and pastor. He is putting his honor on the gifted men of God. They are the ministers of Jesus Christ. Amen. So your Moses doesn't go over and take readers. Guy sitting there with readers, you know, reader glasses and, or, or scrolls. And God don't say, now, now take, and, and take your glory and, and put this glory over on these books now. Or put it over on these men that's going to just read verbatim what you say. Well, glory. This is also in our Bibles, friends. I love this too, don't you? You see, this is what I hear whenever I press play. And since I press play, I obey. So I heard Brother Bram say, if you're called to preach, preach. Well, I press play and I obey. I'm obeying that here tonight. thou shalt put some of thine honor upon him that all the congregation of the children of Israel may be obedient. So Jesus done the same thing and Paul done the same thing 
calling preachers' names and identifying them. What's he doing? Putting his glory. None other has the same mind as I have. They have the burden. They've got this. They've got that. Receive, my brother. Receive so-and-so. Receive so-and-so. Why? He's doing exactly the same thing. They couldn't call with no preacher trying to get rid of the prophet Moses. They was furniture packers. Not God called men. Here's a God called man. Let's take a look at some carnal New Testament, carnal prophet followers in the New Testament. St. John 3.25. Then there arose a question between some of John's disciples and the Jews about purifying. They came unto John and said unto him, Rabbi, he that was with thee beyond Jordan, to whom thou bearest witness, behold, the same baptizes, and all men come to him. Now here are these followers of John, and they've seen the Lord Jesus over there preaching, and they've seen all this crowd, and the people was coming around him, and they went in protection mode. So they got a rally around the prophet now. And they come up to John to let him know. No doubt thinking, boy, he's going to say, boys, that's right. Thank you so much. Thank you for standing with me. Thank you. John answered and said, a man can receive nothing except to be given him from heaven. You yourselves bear me witness that I said I am not the Christ. Brother Branham bore witness he was not the Christ. How much more proof do we need? He was not the son of man, but a son of man, revealing the son of man, the son of man, he said, is Christ. Oh, praise God. You yourselves bear me witness that I said I am not the Christ, but that I am sent before him. He that hath the bride is the bridegroom. You imagine the spirit of Elijah is the first one to use this term bride in the New Testament. John identifies himself as what? The friend of the bridegroom. Now remember, it was not like it is today, but a boy met a girl, he could not just run off and say, all right, honey, we're going to get engaged, let's run off and get married. There was no such a thing. But the boy would see a girl, they might meet a girl, whatever more, and he would contact either a friend or an uncle or sometimes his father or a lawyer. And that man would go to the father of the bride and he would say, my friend, my nephew has found an interest in your daughter. Do you think she's interested in him? And they would begin to work out and the agreement. There was no running off and getting married type of thing. Praise God. If you'll study your vows, you'll find out what Brother Branham was referring to as well. It wasn't the boy and the girl rebelling and 16, 17, 18 years old getting mad at mom and daddy and saying, well, I'm going to get married. Ha, 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 now I'm daddy. No, that's not the way it worked in the Bible. It was the parents' approval coming together and they actually signed a contract. Right. So the bridegroom never even made the agreement with the bride, but it was the friend of the bridegroom. Amen. So John is identifying himself, said, look, I'm the friend of the bridegroom. What I have done is went out there and said, repent, repent. I have called the bride, six of them. I've called the bride, but I'm rejoicing now because I'm hearing the bridegroom's voice speak to the bride himself. 
praise God. My mission was a success. Oh, but these prophet protectors. Have you noticed? They're saying, Brother Branham laughs. Oh, God. Oh, God. They're saying, Jesus, more. You need the Holy Ghost. If you've got a problem with us, mention the name of our bridegroom. You, you, need, to, you need the Holy Ghost. That's all I'm saying. He that hath the bride is the bridegroom. But the friend of the bridegroom, which standeth and heareth him, rejoiceth greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. I know carnal ones that won't understand it. But if Brother Branham was here, and Brother Branham could visit Happy Valley and visit some of these conventions around the world and churches around the world and hearing the Lord Jesus being preached through the channel of his message would probably have to set him down. He would probably get completely out of hand. He would be rejoicing because he would hear the bridegroom's voice through the ministry. But what I find amazing is that some of the followers of the message don't hear the bridegroom's voice at all. What's getting hot in here, ain't Notice he said, the friend of the bridegroom which standeth and heareth him rejoiceth greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. This is my joy. It's fulfilled. I'm complete. I'm satisfied. He must increase, but I must decrease. Oh, Brother Donnie, you're saying we're going to get away from Brother Branham? Absolutely not, friend. How in the world can we preach a message in the end time without quoting from the prophet of God who God used to bring it? How can we preach a message and not give, you know, appreciation and thanks and so on to the gift that God used to do it? But we're not here to marry Brother Branham. We're not here to marry Donnie Reagan. We're not here to marry some other preacher. We want to marry Christ. So Christ must increase. May I decrease. May you decrease. That Christ can increase in our ranks. So you'll agree with me, Joshua is to take the people on into their inheritance. But how is he to do that? Is he to come now and add a new message? No. Is he to come and say, well, now we don't need Moses no more. We don't need to say what Moses said. Them days is gone. We don't need them. No. He's going to take exactly what Moses said and bring it into that day and keep saying the same thing Moses said until they take the land. Notice Numbers 27, 21. And he shall stand before Eleazar the priest who shall ask counsel for him after the judgment of Urim before the Lord at his word. Now notice here is God telling Moses how it's going to be for Joshua. Now he is a prophet true, but not like Moses. 
God spoke directly to Moses. Now I'm going to deal with Joshua like that. Now he's going to deal with Joshua through what? The ministry of the word. So here stands the priest with the Urim Thummim, which was the 12 stones, supernatural lights would hit it, and it would reflect the rainbow colors on the chest of the high priest. Amen. And notice when Joshua says, now, Lord, what do we do? Which way do we go? He ain't, you don't find Joshua nowhere standing out there with a rod over the Red Sea. You don't find Joshua nowhere doing what Moses did. Only Moses can do that. But Joshua did have something to say. According to God, anyway. Notice what God said. He shall stand before Eleazar the priest who shall ask counsel for him after the judgment of the year and before the Lord at his word. They shall go out and at his word they shall come in. You mean Joshua's going to have something to say? Yeah. But he's going to say what's already been said. But what was already said didn't tell them the day or the hour when it was time to attack Jericho. Now come on, don't get all scared and nervous. It does not give them the day or the hour or the time to attack Ai. So what did God do? God kept unfolding that word, tied right back into the prophet's message and make the word current to where they're living. Come on, children, don't you understand what God is doing? This is what the Lord Jesus was praying for, knowing there would need to be a God-sent, Holy Ghost-filled ministry that would be in time. Amen. They would be in season, and they would know exactly by the Holy Ghost what to preach, when to preach it, how stern to preach it, and how easy to make it. When it needed to be made easy. So when are they going in? Well, let's just say, what if they stand up and play a tape of Moses? There's nowhere you'd find on Moses' recordings if they could record every word that he said, that Moses ever said what day to take Jericho. Or what day he said, go to Ai. Or whenever he said to go here or go there, it was not there. Well... Now, years and years ago, when I first come to the message, I was a young preacher then. And I used to quote that quote, you know what, it's the things that ought to be something like that. Brother Ben said, these young men will take this message and sweep it on to the coming of the Lord Jesus. Well, I can't quote that for myself no more, but I can still quote it for the young men that are left. I once was young and now I'm old. So I've seen that fulfill them on life. But what was Brother Branham himself pointing us to? That the ministry would go on. Oh, you say they're adding to it. If they add to it, they don't believe what he said. So here is God telling Moses, when you leave, Aaron is going to have some things to say. So anybody that argues with that argues with God. Not Joshua. And Moses did as the Lord commanded him, and he took Joshua and set him before Eleazar the priest and before all the congregation, and he laid his hands upon him and gave him a charge. Ooh. Maybe sort of like a battery going through you, you know, a charge. As the Lord commanded by the hand of Moses. Amen. 
Notice Deuteronomy 34, 9. And Joshua, the son of Nun, was full of selfishness and arrogance, and he desired to be some great leader in... Full of the spirit of wisdom. For Moses had laid his hands upon him, and the children of Israel hearkened unto him as they did, as the, notice now, and did as the Lord commanded Moses. Now look at what God said to Joshua, Joshua 1 and 1. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses minister? You hypocrites that won't read this from your Bible and try to project preachers as being Dathan and Corey, you false prophets. Adding to the Bible, adding to what Brother Branham said. Goodness. Oh my. Moses minister saying, Moses, my servant. Now did God mean this in a disrespectful way? Now, people could say this and mean it in a disrespectful way, right? So God is bringing the point to Joshua. Moses, my servant, has crossed over. Notice. Now, therefore, arise and go over this Jordan, now and all this people, unto the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel. Every place that the soul of the tape player shall set its foot upon, that shall belong to the tape thereof. So it ain't just Joshua's voice. It's where Joshua's feet go. Can't you understand why the devil wants to shut up the preachers around this message, friend? Oh, my goodness, I could stand here tonight, next Wednesday night, the next Wednesday night, the next Wednesday night, and on and on and on for many Wednesday nights and telling you of minister trials and things that ministers that I know of around the world and things that preachers are going through, an onslaught like never before, not only from without, but from within and their own homes and families and sicknesses and so on and so on. There has never been seemingly such an uprise against the God called ministry. You ought to pray for him like you have never prayed for him before. Oh, that's exactly right because Satan knows, my friend, it's going to take the Joshua. Amen. Oh, brother Donnie ain't Joshua. Brother Tim Pruitt ain't Joshua. Brother Ron Peterson, Ron Spencer ain't Joshua. Our Joshua is the Holy Ghost. But that Holy Ghost is still here in the church today anointing us to do what? Not to add to what he said. Not take away from what he said, but get your inheritance. Get what belongs to you. Oh, hallelujah. If it's healing, take your healing. If it's deliverance, take your deliverance. Praise God. If there's a body change, take your body change. So footprints means possession. Not tape player prints. Hey, praise God. 
you against the tapes? Absolutely not the way I feed on them. Are you kidding me? I don't know what in the world I'd preach if it wasn't for the message of the hour. Oh, you got your Bible. I had my Bible when I was a Trinitarian. I had my Bible when I was baptized in titles. I had my Bible when I believed in eternal hell. I had my Bible when I believed a lot of doctrine. I didn't get a new version of the Bible. I got new glasses to see them through. The evening light opened up my eyes and I've got the original Bible that I started preaching in years and years ago. And even though it's the same book, it ain't the same book. (laughs) Why? Because the evening light opened up to me. Praise God. Amen. I thank God for the message of the hour. I feed on it. I love it. I digest it. I am becoming it. And I want you to become it so we can go into the land promised by our Moses. So we got Moses, a prophet, Aaron, a high priest, Dathan, Byram, Korah, Ken's people who are rebelling against the ministry of God. And we have Joshua, Moses' minister. Praise the Lord. Now, whenever they come against Moses and Aaron, notice verse 4. When Moses heard it, He fell upon his face. This right here ought to tell you who's right. Shouldn't have to go any farther. You watch those who lead rebellions and lead coups in the message or in a church or even in a family as far as that goes. And you watch the ones who wants to keep the move of God together or church together or a family together. And what they are willing to do and how they're willing to make peace. But others are willing for their agenda alone. They don't care about the consequences. They don't care about the losses. They don't care because they are not real shepherds anyway, of course. So whenever this comes to pass, then Moses immediately falls upon his face. And this, again, as I said, to me is one of the greatest proofs that we have of which one is really God's because he had no arrogance. It was not that he was the one. All right, bless God, you bunch of smart addicts, I'll prove to you who's who. He fell on his face in humility and an act of surrender. He wasn't even sure what God was going to do. Well, praise the Lord. You see, dissidents of the church will frequently raise up and like matter. So they'll try to come out and it'll be their arrogance and gossip and whatever more. Same in a family. You know, our families, our churches, our nation, all that. It's pretty much the same. You just find different people, that's all. And the story hasn't changed much. Now today I can take Dathan, Cora, Byron, Mount, put Jim, John, Jack, Joe, Fred, Susie, you know, whoever more. Modern day names, same devils. Same devils. And you see, those who really fuss the most about it are generally the ones that are the least qualified to do anything. Well, I'm constantly overlooked. I'm never appreciated. I've got so many gifts and talents. I don't understand why everybody can't see who I am. We do. You're like a big hot air balloon. It just boom. <laughs> It's amazing how the unqualified are the ones that will cause the biggest ruckus. Well, praise God. 
That's right. Because of their rejection, of course. And generally when it comes down to such a thing, it will be those who say, oh God, no, please. Spare the flock. God, please don't let this happen. Don't let that happen. And many times, you know, I've seen and heard myself, where men of God, when a split would come to church, the real genuine God called man was the man who would back off. You know why? He loved the sheep. The other guy was a harling. Notice, well, I'm much preaching amen myself too, Rick. Notice again now in verse five, he spake unto Korah and to all his company saying, even tomorrow the Lord will show who are his and who is holy and will cause him to come near unto him, even him from whom he hath chosen will he cause to come near unto him. So Moses leaves the choice totally, completely up to God. He had nothing to lose. He didn't feel threatened. He could go on a big long vacation. Praise God. You want him to lead him? I'll see you all down the river. Man, I'm going on to the land anyway because I'm going to be there. You folks have been nothing but a headache and a problem and a worry to me. And I'll, you know, amigos, I'll see you later. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm going to go down and fish by the river and just stay down there and take it easier for the rest of my life. You want it, Dr. Cora? You can have it. Dr. Byram, Dr. Dason, you want it? Go ahead and take it all. Oh my. Notice, so he leaves the choice of the priesthood, of God's choice, totally, completely up to God. No magic, no tricks, no politics. Vote for me tomorrow night, okay? Tell your buddies. Okay, you got it. Get on Instagram. Tell them. Get on Facebook. They shouldn't rally for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Donald Trump for president. I mean, Donald Reagan for the pastor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody vote for Donald. Hey, friends, if I've got to do that, I'll pack up my Bible and leave. When I have to play politics and preach, no, I'll do something else. Mm-mm-mm. Praise God. Now notice, number 16.6, this do take you censors, Cora. And all his company. All right, you guys say you're this and that and the other. Fine. Let God testify of you. You're so gifted. Give us your visions, your dreams, your prophecies, and let us write them down. Well, praise the Lord. I prayed for so-and-so and this happened. I prayed for so-and-so and that happened. Benny Hinn prays for more than all of us put together. And all kinds of things happened. That don't mean he's a believer in the word. Take you censors, corn all of his company, and put fire therein and put incense in there. What? Why are we doing this? This ain't Moses' job. Moses didn't go around with a censor and fire. No, wait a minute, I thought these guys are wanting Moses' job. They're wanting to set Moses down, and they're wanting Moses' position. What's Moses doing telling them to get a censor? And it shall be that the man whom the Lord doth choose, he shall be holy. You take too much upon you, you sons of Levi. And Moses said unto Korah, Here I pray you, you sons of Levi, 
Stephen said, but a small thing unto you that God, the God of Israel, has separated you from the congregation of Israel to bring you near to himself, to do the service of the tabernacle of the Lord and to stand before the congregation to minister unto them. He has brought thee near unto him. Now look at how close they were, but not close enough for their pride. They did not want this for the betterment of the kingdom of Israel. They did not want it for the betterment of the kingdom of God. They wanted it for themselves. He hath brought thee near unto him. And all thy brethren, the sons of Levi, with thee. And seek. Well now, either the message folks or Moses one didn't know what these guys were after. So Moses sends him saying, you all want my position? You bunch of preachers trying to set me down? They wasn't after his place much. They wanted Aaron's. Read your Bible, friends. Spend more time in the holy book instead of Facebook. Go to the original Facebook and see whose face you see. Amen. Oh, my. Seek ye the priesthood also? For which cause both thou and all thy company are gathered together against them? So Moses thinks they're not gathered so much against him. Moses thinks they've gathered against Aaron. Friends, is this what your Bible says? For which cause both thou and thy company are gathered together against the Lord? And what is? That you murmur against him. Oh, And Moses sent to call Dathan and Abiram and the sons of Eliab, but said, we will not come. Ooh. Is it a small thing that thou hast brought us up out of the land of forth of milk and honey? Notice now how they're changing all the leadership. You brought us out of a land flowing with milk and honey. Totally reverse the promise of God. You brought us out of a land flowing with milk and honey. Oh my. To kill us in the wilderness, except thou make thyself altogether. Now notice what they're accusing him of. A prince. Aaron's the priest. Aaron's the preacher. And you're the prince. All the rest of us going to serve you. So what are we going to start doing? Building you big cities? You want a pyramid too, Moses? Moses didn't want no pyramid. He wanted the mighty God to be able to camp among them. You imagine how this broke this man of God's heart when they brought these false accusations and lies against the servant of God and accusing him of such stuff. Oh, my. Moreover, thou hast not brought us into a land that full of milk and honey or given us inheritance of fields and vineyards. What thou put out the eyes of these men, we will not come up. Ooh. Going to pay for that one. Verse 16, and Moses, can I go a little farther? Yes. Moses said in the chorus, Be thou and all thy company before the Lord, thou and they and Aaron, 
tomorrow. Take every man his censer and put incense in them and bring you before the Lord every man his censer. 250 censers. Thou also and Aaron, each of you his censer. Where's Moses' censer? He didn't have one. Wonder why? What was they after? Aaron's position. I'm sorry, Happy Valley. I'm sorry y'all didn't know this was in the Bible. Some of y'all look at me like I'm a Martian tonight. This is God's Word. We should spend more time reading it. Well, praise the Lord. The real Dathan and Korah's in the last day are businessmen getting in the pulpit without a call. Saying the fivefold ministry has failed. There's your real Dathan and Korah's. But some of the message people are so blind they don't even read the Bible in the first place. So they just, you know, take this one's word for it and that's word. You better make sure who you're following, friends. Oh my. Bring ye every, every man central before the Lord. Every man, 250 centuries, thou also an Aaron, each one of you. And they took every man his centuries and put fire in them and laid incense thereon and stood in the door of the tabernacle of the congregation with Moses and with Aaron. And Korah gathered all. Boy, this move has got bigger overnight. Started out with Dathan and Korah and Abiram, and then 250 princes gathered with them, and now they got the majority of the whole message move. Listen, children. It'll get bigger and bigger. Error will grow greater and greater. But the bride will grow stronger and stronger. We may get fewer in number. I'm talking about the real bride, even in our own ranks. Those that really stay with the word and those that are fire baptized and those that are born again and those that do not desire a kingdom and those that's not trying to pull a flock over this way and a flock over that way. They're not interested in none of that. They're interested in everybody of the kingdom of God, trying to establish the kingdom of God by the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Notice in verse 23, let's, let's see if we can move on here. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the congregation, saying, Get you up from about the tabernacle of Korah, Dathan, and Abiram. Now notice the majority of the message people, the followers, had come around these guys' tents. They followed this antichrist move. But once more, God in his mercy speaks. Amen. Amen. Get you up from about the tabernacle of Korah. Notice God don't call it the tabernacle of God. He don't call it the tabernacle in the wilderness. He don't call it a holy place, but he calls it the tabernacle of Korah. Can I go on? We've had tabernacles of seven thunders and tabernacles of tape only, tabernacles of perusia and tabernacles of deity. But let me scream out to you tonight, get away from the tabernacle of men. Get away from the tabernacle of men who'd want to put you in bondage and go into Christ Jesus, my brother, sister. Moses rose up and went unto Dathan and Abiram and the elders of Israel followed him. Praise God. And he spake unto the congregation saying, Depart, I pray you, from the tents of these wicked men. 
and touch nothing of theirs lest ye be consumed in all of their sins. You believe whatever you want, make fun of me, ridicule, that ain't nothing new. Men of God around the world, thank God, have seen through this error. Praise be to God. And they're screaming it in Africa. They're screaming it out in South America. They're screaming it out all over the United States. Praise God. I say praise God. Get away from these tents of these false prophets. Mm. Wonder if this, my brother, sister, Part of what the prophet saw when he seen that bride. As she come back, that omega bride at the end. And she started getting off at the end. And she got her eyes on that worldly church. Don't you understand? You're either bride or Laodicean. We've got message people sitting in message churches. Playing message tapes every day. And they ain't nothing but Laodiceans is all they are. They think they're message people because they talk about Brother Branham. And they listen to tapes every day. You're either bride or Laodiceans. So they get up from God granted. Amen. Amen. Oh Lord. They get up from the tabernacle of Korah. I could insert some modern day names here. From the tabernacle of Korah, Dathan and Abiram on every side, and Dathan and Abiram came out and stood in the door of their tents and their wives and their sons and their little ones. And Moses said, Hereby shall you know the Lord has sent me to do all these works, for I have not done them on my own. Oh my. If these men die the common death of all men, if they be visited after the visitation of all men, the Lord hath not sent me. But if the Lord make a new thing and the earth open her mouth, you know that prophet of God had to be shown by God what was going to happen. Oh my, amen. And swallow them up with all that appertain unto them and they go down quick into the pit. Then shall you understand that these men have provoked the Lord. Don't you understand these people that are blasting God call me? They're not blasting me necessarily. They're not blasting other preachers. They're blasting Jesus Christ. They're blasting the teaching of Brother Branham. They're blasting the Bible. They're blasting the types from the Old Testament to the New. It came to pass as he made an end of speaking all these words that the ground clave asunder that was under them. And the earth opened her mouth and swallowed them up and their houses and all the men that appertained unto Korah. Brother, sister, I don't want to appertain to any of these moves. Old people just hang around, hang around because they're afraid to say anything. That's appertaining. That's appertaining. Oh, you may not be a vocal, but I don't, I don't, I don't really blast the preacher. I don't really know. You just don't take no stand, do you? You're jellyfish. You just don't take no stand. Nobody knows where you stand. You don't want to make nobody mad, so you don't say nothing. You yellow-bellied coward. We need men of God. We need housewives. We need young men. We need young women, hallelujah, to take a stand. Let heaven know. Let the angels of God know. Let hell know. Here I stand. Here I stand on the word of God, on the baptism of the Holy Ghost, on the apostolic church of the living God.
praise God. I may believe it. And the earth opened her mouth and swallowed them up. And their houses and all that appertained unto Korah. And all their goods. They and all that appertained to them went down alive into the pit. And the earth closed upon them. And they perished from among the congregation. All Israel that were round about them fled at the cry of them. For they said, lest the earth swallow us up also. And there came out a fire from the Lord and consumed the 250 men that offered incense. So these are men who stepped into a place they were not called. But the pride, their arrogance. Well, the prophet told me to do it. The prophet told me to do it. Yeah, just like he told women preacher. I see you're a woman preacher. May God bless your ministry, sister. Sure he did. Why, you knew he'd tell her anything else. She's going to preach anyhow. People married three and four times. Well, I'm called to preach. I'm a preacher. Go ahead. But according to the words you came. Well, God called me. God done that. I'm not saying that he didn't, but I'm talking about his standard. And his word is his standard. But I have dreams every night. I have 47 visions every day. I don't care if you got 147. If the word's against you, I am. Brother Branham said, if they're against that word, you be against them. Because they're your enemy. Ooh, sweet Jesus. Some of y'all who visitors with us and some of you who stream the service, you want to know why we got deacons pointed to post it on every corner? <laughs> it ain't no wonder. We don't believe in marshmallow preaching around here. <laughs> we believe in telling the truth. Yes, my friend, God greatly encourages us, even in the New Testament, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 1, to seek and desire spiritual gifts, but not someone else's possession. That's right. If God placed me here to be the pastor of this church, you understand how deadly it would be for Brother Terry, any other preacher, Brother Darrell, whoever more, to try to raise up. If God sent Brother Branham to be the prophet of this age, you understand how deadly it is for followers, men, preachers, to try to step in that place and say, well, Brother Branham only went two-thirds across and now God sent me to step. You understand how deadly that is? For them to stand there and say the prophet of God did not bring to us what was needed and then we're to take that on and go right on. You understand how deadly that is? Pastors ain't prophets. The word does not come to a pastor the way it does to a prophet. Think about it. Some of the greatest error right now that's being promoted in this message comes from what fold of the ministry? Pastors. How many evangelists in the message have websites? How many teachers in the message have websites? How many apostles have websites? What fold of the office is it that has the most websites? Pastors. Who's the ones, as far as preachers, that's leading the most astray? Pastors. I'll let you know Satan knows exactly what he's doing. 
If tapes is going to do it, Satan would have all the tapes out there doing it. Well, praise God. Brother Bram didn't predict we'd stop playing tapes. He predicted we'd be forced to stop preaching. Praise God. And the church said, Ouch, oh me. Pray for us. Along with amen. God bless you, saints. Let's bow our heads together. Hmm. Lord Jesus, how we, we look at these things and we wonder, how could we have ever arrived where we are? Lord God, we thank you for the truth. We know that Alpha Bride was tried by every Alpha promise that was given to her. In the Alpha stage, you sent a prophet who was to receive the mysteries. You sent eyewitnesses, Matthew, Mark, John, then Luke some years later, which was not an eyewitness, but was able to travel about with Paul and get all the stories together. But it was actually Paul himself, the prophet of that first church age, that began to lay so many of those types and shadows, wonderful things out. Then Satan was allowed an opportunity to attack that alpha bride. The prophet tells us for about 300 years they went, growed, they did well. And then Satan loosed his greedy beetle on that tree of life. Father, we know for the type to be true, once the Omega Bride has had a prophet to come back and restore those truths that were lost, then Satan will be allowed to come around again with the finish cycle to try that same Omega group to see if he can get them to move off of those restored truths. Lord Jesus, I pray you'd help us to be strong. Well, we know it will not be men from without much of the time, but men from within. As Paul warned them in Acts, men of your own selves, he said, come in, there'll be wolves in sheep's clothing, raising up to draw followers after themselves. Lord, we see it around the world. Some of it is so far-fetched it's hard to imagine. Lord, as I sang the video clip the other day, and a young man standing up in the church that I've stood in and preached in several years ago, of the song that we sing right here, there's power in the name of Jesus. But they reworded it and said there's power and said the name of their pastor. And the people were screaming and hollering and shouting, hundreds of them. It so broke my heart, Lord. I sent another one the other day of another man, kingdom builder. They were celebrating his birthday and writing songs about him, calling him Papa. Oh, God, help us, Lord Jesus. I'm sure they may sit here sometime and wonder what in the world is wrong with Brother Donnie. Oh, Lord, if they only see... They can only hear and be exposed to some of the stuff, Lord. But in reality, I know they don't need to be. They're sheep. 
what they need to do is just follow and feed on the Word and grow and get fat. They don't need to stand up beside the shepherd and strain their eyes and get a pair of binoculars and look around and see if they can watch for the enemy. If they saw him, they wouldn't know what to look for because they're sheep. Lord, I pray you'd help each of us just to get in our place, be faithful. Help the sheep just to find their place, Lord, and help the shepherds, help the evangelists, the deacons, the trustees, each of us, Father, just to find our place and be happy of what you made us. If you raise us to a great position, well, so be it. If you don't even give us a public position at all, then so be that, because that was you and your wisdom, not allowing your kingdom and us to be totally shamed and humiliated. So, Father, it doesn't matter to us really anyway. The true people of God are not envious of such things. There's only one kingdom we desire to see glorified. That's the kingdom of our God and of His Christ. Help us, I pray, Father. Lord Jesus, may you help each of us as we stand here tonight to be able to surrender that domain, that kingdom of our own hearts. Oh, many of these people shudder as they sit here tonight and hear these things. And even though they may not know the circumstances that I'm referring to, they trust me enough to know that I'm speaking, Lord, with needs and intent and purpose and desire. But they can relate to their own kingdom and their own heart. A little something they're holding on to this or that or the other that keeps you from totally being king in their life. Lord, would you move upon each of us tonight? Begin with me, Lord Jesus. Search me, Father, help me. Lord, look at me tonight. If there's any selfishness, any pride, any arrogance, any shortcoming that you see, Lord Jesus, please reveal it to me, Father. Wash me with the water by the word, Lord. I want to see my faults. The prophet said that's why we come to church, is to hear the word preached so we can see our faults. I pray you would help us, Lord, to see our faults and our shortcomings so we can apply the word. Lord, we don't want to use the pitchfork and throw it over to this brother and that sister and this person over here. But, Lord, what applies to us, we want it to land right square in our basket. We want to be able to walk out and hug it up and say, Praise God, the Lord preached all over me tonight. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We want to just, just face up to it and say, I needed it. I needed it. I was wrong. I repent. I'm man or woman enough to say I was wrong and I needed my hide burnt and I got it burnt. Lord, I thank you tonight that we can still go to church and be burnt up by the truth and not be a bunch of reprobates that don't even know what right and wrong is anymore. We love you, Lord Jesus. Praise be to God. We worship you tonight, Father God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, we worship you tonight, Jesus. Let's sing all something here before we go. Can we just worship him now just a little bit before we go? Now think where each of you stand, no matter what your position is now, great, big, small, large, all, all, all them words shouldn't even matter to us at all. But think, if you're standing tonight where God has called you, where God has positionally placed you, and you know what it is to be standing in your position. Oh, I hear him say, oh, it means so much nowadays, church, to see ourselves positionally placed in Jesus Christ. 
And if you know you're exactly where God wants you to be in your position, you ought to be the happiest person in all the world. You don't have to be envious of that brother, this sister, that person, that person. No. You just know where you're standing. You know exactly who you are. You've seen men, and I have too. Maybe they wasn't the best preachers you ever heard. Maybe they was not the most gifted. But they were able to get up and get out of the way and mind, just preach and obey God. And the Lord used them and blessed. And you know what? They might have felt a little bit of human intimidation. But they had confidence in what God had made them to be. That is the ability of getting yourself out of the way. And then whenever you do that, God can flow through you. You don't have to feel jealous of this man and throw off on this guy and throw off on that guy. You know, in order to make everybody else little, in order to make yourself big. Makes no sense to me. I thought we were sure to preach about Jesus and his word. Praise the Lord. Some preachers, you know, half the church don't come to church on Wednesday night or half the church don't come to church on Saturday night. So what they do, they get up and preach on the other half that wasn't there and, and, and let you all starve to death. That's never made no sense to me. Why should I burn the sorry hides of them that could have been here tonight that wasn't? When I'm here, I'm hoping to feed you. Why should we come together on Saturday night and me burn you up? Let's go to church to have church. Let's go to church to hear the word, to sing, to worship, to praise God. This is what you're called, but I'm not a preacher. He don't want everybody to be a preacher. He wants somebody to say amen. He wants somebody to worship and somebody to sing. And remember, friends, nobody, nobody can take your place. Aren't you glad for that? I was sitting studying this evening. I'm not sure exactly the direction the Lord's going to let me go up at Brother Ron's, but I'm a hoping like everything that he'll let me go in the direction that I studied in the evening. I was just about to have a nuclear meltdown. Setting our studying of what we are in Christ Jesus. I'm telling you what, Brother Terry, it was everything that I could do to sit in my chair. Praise be to God. Y'all want to hear about it? So, no, no, no. No, 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 no. Sing, hey. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Don't you love him? Praise God. So what good would it do if God gifts a preacher, gives him things to say, and there ain't nobody like you that wants to hear? You think, I ain't doing nothing? You ain't doing nothing. People say, well, when, we, when it snows us out, Brother Donnie, why don't you just get on the phone and preach? It ain't the same. That's right. I mean, I could preach. I could read the same quotes. You are what moves that. You are what pulls that. It ain't me. I don't flip the switch when I come on. It's you. You have a great part to do in every service. Every preacher that's ever stood here, whether that I was here or not here, they contact me by phone or email or text. They say, oh, man, what a place to preach. What an easy place to preach. That makes me so proud of you. You know why? Because you realize you have a part to play in this church. It ain't the Babs and the Yonces and the Reagans and this family. Oh, I ain't nobody. Yes, you are. There ain't no big families and important families and unimportant families. Every one of us are important to the family of God. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus.
praying for Brother Randy, and he's facing some very serious things as far as what the doctors are saying. He's scheduled this week to go to get another opinion about what he should actually do. We're just asking God for our brother. Also for Sister Shannon, it's been a really difficult time for her. We want to just join our prayers together. Not just mine, not just the preachers, but all of us together. That God will be with them, help them, help them to make the right choice. Lord Jesus, as we stand before you tonight, Father, as a body, Lord, you see the situation in Brother Randy's body, Lord. You know the condition, Father, that's there. He's dealt with it, Lord, for quite some time, but now the doctors have found a, another aspect of it that they didn't know was there. And certainly serious, but yet, Lord Jesus, these things may take us by surprise, but they don't take you by surprise. And we look to the promise of your word. We don't always understand Romans 8, 28. But, Lord, it's still the truth. You make all things work together for the good to them that love the Lord. Father, I'm asking you that you would just move for Brother Randy. Lord, you see what the surgeon has told him. And, Lord, then he's going for another opinion to find out if there might be another another channel or aspect that he should look at it. Father, you see and you know what he should do. We're asking you tonight in the name of Jesus. And, Lord, we are not ruling out that right now by your hand a miracle could transpire. And our brother miraculously could be so made well and go back to the doctors and they could look and say, Sir, we have no explanation. We don't even know where it's gone, but it's not even there anymore. We know you're our God. Hallelujah. You're the one who made these bodies. But Father, we know you well enough to know we're not going to dictate to you and tell you to do this or that. But what we do, Father, is ask for grace and mercy to help us. We believe the grace of God will never lead us. The will of God will never lead us where the grace of God cannot keep us. Father, we believe your promise is that you'll never let more come upon us than what we're able to bear. But you'll help us. So, Father God, we're asking tonight, in the name of Jesus, for our brother and sister. Father God, as a family, as a body, we join our prayers together. Lord, we're not going to just stop praying tonight, but continuing on, Lord, until you move. We're praying for a peace, Lord, Sister Sharon's heart tonight, Father. In the name of Jesus, the enemy, Lord, has attacked our sister. and Lord, just really upset her father and robbed her of a peace about the situation. And Lord, fear and trauma and just so much that's went with it, Lord God. But in the name of Jesus, I speak your name tonight. Heavenly Father, even though your body is not here yet, your bride is here. Oh God, that same one that stepped on the bow of the ship that night when the wind was blowing and the waves were boisterous and you spoke to the wind, Lord. And we know sometimes you speak to the storm. Sometimes you speak to us. Father God, I ask for my sister tonight in the name of Jesus. Satan, I adjure you in the name of Jesus Christ. Leave Leave her mind, her troubled spirit. In the name of Jesus Christ, he brings peace in the time of trouble. You cannot take our peace. You cannot have our joy. Footprints means possession. Lord God, give her peace tonight, I pray, Father. Be with our brother, Lord. We love them, Father. 
We appreciate them, God. We're asking you in the name of Jesus. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, blessed Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Father God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise your holy name, Father. We worship you tonight, Lord God. Hallelujah. We worship you, Lord Jesus. And he believes he's awesome in this place. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. Oh, blessed be the Lord Jesus. Oh, don't you appreciate him, friends? Don't you want to give him your all? Don't you want to serve him? With all your heart, oh my, I'm so glad we're serving a mighty God that when we need him, he's right there in a moment of trouble and distress. Aren't you glad, Sister Gracie, we're serving a mighty God that can come in the time of trouble? My goodness, I've, I've been thinking about it the last week about what happened to our sister the other night. Oh, I so praise God. I praise God for his mercy. Don't you coming among us? I believe, I believe, I believe with all of my heart the Lord Jesus desires to manifest himself among us if we can just get our fears and our unbelief and I, me, and you, forget all of that. It's just not us anyway, it's him. It's how great he is, how wonderful he is, how mighty. Oh, praise God. Sing a little something here before we go. God bless you. Let's turn around shake hands with somebody. Tell them God bless you. It's been good to be in the house of the Lord. Falling in love. Yes, Lord. With Jesus. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Falling in love. With Jesus. Oh, let's sing and worship Him together. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus.
in his arms I am protected in his arms never disconnected in his arms I feel protected there's no place I'd rather rather be talking about these folks that are that are kingdom builders you know and in, in, in those congregations if you want a piece of that kingdom you got to get close to the close to the pastor the one and that's what they have to offer at that place and poor brother donnie he, he doesn't offer us any piece of any kingdom here it's just jesus amen, amen. brother donnie's been here with us for a long time that's all he's ever built and that's all that we've ever been offered here from our pastor and i'm thankful for that and I would rather have Jesus. Amen. I would rather have Jesus than silver gold. I'd rather be His than have riches untold. I'd rather have Jesus than houses or lands. I'd rather be led by His nearest hand than to be.
Jesus and worship. 